American football in Finland. Perfect Purvis, Jabari Harris, and Robert Johnson give authentic American perspectives on football every week. No politics, no censors, just football. Enjoy the show. American football in Finland. The voice in your ears right now is Perfect Purvis, and I'm here with my co-host, Jabari Harris. Hello, good to be back on the show this week. All right, today we're going to talk about last week's uh, semifinal playoff matches in the Maple League. We'll have a couple player interviews, and also we'll give you a little bit of a preview for the Maple Bowl this week. So starting it off with the semifinal games, the first game of the weekend, the Hamelina Huskies were defeated by the Wassel Royals 17-14. to um, I'll start the game off. This was a tight game, exactly how we thought it was going to be. It came down to the wire in the game. At the end, the Huskies couldn't come back and score when they needed to. The Royals scored when they needed to to make sure they won the game. The difference was a field goal. Uh, The only points off of turnovers was that field goal. That was the difference in the game. Obviously, that meant Spencer Cudlin was key in helping the Royals win. But they had a lot of good things going on. But this game was a toss-up. And I know... I got a little flack for picking the Huskies, but they were in it. It's not like they got blown out or they were the lesser team. They were not the better team that day. And kudos to the Royals for doing what they had to do to win. But in all honesty, these two teams played as good as two teams can play. I mean, even if you're looking, I'm going to throw out stats on you today because y'all need to hear them. Uh, Stan Bedwell was 18 for 27, 67%. 190 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. That's a hell of a game for Stan Bedwell. He's a great player. Nico Lester, seven receptions, 69 yards. Roman Runner, six receptions, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Nico Lester and Roman Runner played their asses off for this team. The Homelina Huskies were in this because of these two guys. I'm watching the game, and all I can see is Nico doing this, Roman doing that, Nico doing this, Roman doing that. But again, just like we said last week, We knew these two guys were going to play great, and they needed to feed them the ball. They needed to be active. Roman Runner, I talked to him earlier this week. He had no targets in that game. They didn't throw at him when he was on defense because he was doing his job defensively and offensively. But when it came down to it, they didn't have enough. In my opinion, they didn't have enough playmakers on that team. Now, not saying that they don't have playmakers, but the guys that they have, the Ruben De Ruder, uh, he actually did have one big catch for 30-something yards in this game, but he only had two for 44 for the game. Tommy Pence only had one catch in the game. He was targeted a couple times, but he only had one catch. So those guys needed to make bigger plays for them to win this game. Uh, the quarterback, Stan Bedwell, he threw the ball to the to everybody he could he had to actually do a little bit of running with his legs because they had no run game or cardi Mirshout, where was he i don't know he was out there but he didn't make a difference and that's what the difference to me was in this game was that the huskies players did not step up when they needed the most they needed somebody else to step up outside of those three guys that we always talk about every week with them and all these other names i just named They did not step up. Now, I'll take whatever heat or hate they want to have against me for calling them out and saying they didn't step up, but it's the reality of the matter. These are the guys that you have on your team. Those are the guys that we needed to make plays. On the defensive side, Taj Jones did what he always does. He made the most tackles. He even had an interception in the red zone to keep the other team from scoring. That's balling. 
That's what the Huskies players was doing. David and Zion, he made a lot of tackles in this game, had two tackles for a loss. That defensive line was playing aggressive against the Royals. The Royals didn't run the ball well either. They could not run the ball against this front seven. It's not possible. So this team, they played. They played hard on both sides of the ball, but they needed just a little bit more. And that's where I say it's on the playmakers that they have. A little bit more means somebody should have stepped up, but they didn't. So it's kudos to the Royals. And obviously, I just spent this whole time talking about the Huskies. <laughs> so I'm going to let you, Jabari, tell me how good the Royals did. Uh, this game, I mean, watching it, it was it was right down the middle even. I, I can't even tell you exactly what the Royals did better uh, besides kicking a field goal than the Huskies this game. Um, watching the game, when you look at the stats, uh, statistically the Huskies won the game. Maybe mm-hmm. by not much, but they won the game. Uh, Justin, he was outplayed by Stan. Um, uh, he was 16 for 27, 59% completions, both a TD and an interception. R.J. Long was contained this game. I mean, he didn't get a touchdown, didn't get 200 yards. So the Huskies had the blueprint defensively to stop what the Vasa Royals wanted to do. I mean, they didn't allow him to run. They didn't let Justin throw for 300 yards, but we expected that. But as you said, when the time came for players to make a play, I mean, late in the game, to seal the deal almost, wide receiver Alpo made a big catch. Oh, yeah, that was a hell of a And that was the thing. We were saying that. If R.J. Long and Roman Runners and these key players are going to be the ones that's being the main focus, the finished players or the other key players have to be able to make the plays. And that's what happened in this game. When they needed to get in field goal range, it wasn't R.J. Long being axed to make a dramatic big play. Justin went another direction with the ball to Alpo, and two big catches were made for 56 yards. That's almost over 20 yards a catch. The Royals did just enough to get by they did just enough to get in the maple bowl and i mean the huskies can only be upset with themselves i mean i think that it would have been great to see them in their first year walk into the maple bowl yeah a lot of people expected the royals roosters maple bowl but the huskies actually had a say in making a difference and we can't point fingers to stan bailwell this game like stan went out and balled out we can't say Roman Runner didn't show up or Nico Lester because they did. We can't say the defense didn't show up because they limited them to, let's see here, looking at the stat sheet, what, 34 rushing yards? Yeah. Justin only had 204 passing yards. He couldn't even complete 60% of his passes. And you tell me that all of that, the final score was 14-17. to 17. Yeah. I feel like in, in statistics and in heart, the Huskies won the game. But the sad reality is Spencer Cutlin has a great fucking leg when he needs to. <laughs> yeah. And that that put the the Husky the Royals right there in the, in the bowl and I think that if it came down to people just stepping up making plays, they had a guy or two more than the Huskies did to make a play. I mean, even looking at Chris Young and and Jones, they were about even in tackles and plays. So I mean, both both defenses hustled. Both defenses had guys that wanted it, but the Royals, like I said, that experience in crunch time, when they needed to get in field goal range and seal the deal, that's simply what they did. When it came down to that last drive, the only thing I want to ask is, Stan, why you didn't run for the first? (laughs) That's the only thing wrong 
that I think that in this game, if he could take back, he probably would have did different. And R.J. Long came up big by simply breaking up the pass and play that eventually ended the game. And that's what it came down to. That little bit of experience that the Royals had being in this situation allowed them to do two things, stay composed, finish the game. Yeah, I think I think that's a great thing. That last thing you said about the experience is that Royals team, They've been here before. That entire team has been in the playoffs. Some of them even in the championship with Sineoki. So those guys, I mean, you got R.J. Long, a league MVP at one point, probably going to be MVP this season. That that was pretty much the biggest difference in these two teams is that one team had that it factor. The Royals have that it factor. They do. I know it sounds like we're talking a lot about the Huskies, and y'all know how we feel about the Huskies on this show. <laughs> Me and Jabari got it out for them boys because we expect greatness. But the Royals, we got to give you guys your props. You got that it factor. You did what it took to win this game, and it came up down to the little bitty things that you're not going to see it in the stats. You have to watch the game to see what the difference in these two teams was. And if you were out there, you saw it. There was a little bit of difference, and that's the, that was the difference in the game, a little bit of difference. So great job by you guys. Uh, we're Next, we'll actually have an interview by Roman Runner. All right, I got with me today Roman Runner from the Homelina Huskies. Guys just lost in the semifinals against the Royals 14-7. to Just going to ask you a couple questions. What's going on, Roman? Uh, it's, it's all good, man. All right, just getting into the question. This game was close the entire time, and it, it pretty much came down to the final minutes to decide a winner. How do you feel about the way you and the Huskies played against the Royals for these four quarters? Like, How do you feel about how you guys gave it your all in this game? It's definitely one of those games that people want to be a part of, for sure. It was a battle the whole game, and uh, um, there wasn't there wasn't no like trash talk on the field. You know, it was just two teams just really going at it. And um yeah, like I said, it's one of those games you want to be part of, but it's definitely not one of those games you want to lose. So um I felt I felt like we played well the whole game. We made a lot of mistakes, you know, we made we missed a couple opportunities that could have sealed the game um or could have put us in the lead early. We jumped on them early. I thought we jumped on them. I thought we were the first ones to jump on them quick. But, um, you know, they rallied up and they scored when they needed to score. They definitely scored when they needed to score. And they, like, uh, what we scored one touchdown, they came back the next drive and scored again. So they kept doing that. They kept countering our our scores. And it was a good game, though. All right. Competitive. So you you and Nico Lester seem to be playing. I mean, y'all were playing lights out the entire game, both offense and defense, making plays. But it just wasn't enough to get the win. Do you think, in your opinion, that your team could have used like either another playmaker to like check tip the scales in your favor against so many playmakers on against the Royals, or do you think that maybe you could have done more in this game to like change the outcome? Well, in my position that I was playing, I was uh, I was at corner for defense. I mean. I think I did my job the most. I think I did my job because I got no targets. So doing more, I really couldn't do more on the defensive side. Uh, offensively, yeah, I probably could have done more myself. But I don't know if we needed another playmaker. I think we just needed other people to make plays. Maybe, maybe a few other plays. You know, because that game was that close. Mm-hmm. We just needed a few other plays to win the game, to yes. win it, to dominate. Yeah, we needed 
all around. We needed people to make plays all day. We needed more playmakers. Okay, so now the Husky season is over, but you guys had a hell of a season for a rookie team in the Maple League. Uh, just talking about the Huskies, the organization, what does the future look like for the Huskies, in your opinion? Like, what do you see this team doing in the future now that they've been in the Maple League, got a taste of it, and understand what it takes to win? I thought they did a great job this year. You know, at first I thought they, you know, they bit off too much that they couldn't chew. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, bringing in so many imports, so much talent, and uh, being able to control all of the egos. And, well, we're not really a egotistic team, but – you know, just putting all the talent together and, you know, being able to support us and, you know, giving us the resources and the respect. And they're, they're a stand-up organization. They um they did everything they could. So I, I believe, you know, if you're a stand-up organization or a stand-up person, your future will always be bright. You know, show people respect, and that's exactly what they did. They took care of us. It was a, it's a great team, great team. All right. Well, that's all the questions I got for you today, Runner. Uh, I appreciate you talking to me. You had one hell of a season. Uh, Good luck to you, whatever your next venture might be, whether you're back in Finland or playing somewhere else or whatever you do in life from here on. It was really great to kind of get to know you during the season, and we appreciate you coming and talking to us on AFF, man. Oh, man, it's always love. It's been love the whole season, man. Appreciate it. All right. That was Roman Runner just telling us a little bit about the game and how he feels about the Huskies going forward. Uh, we're going to spend this last moment, kind of give our, our last respects to the homily and the Huskies. Their season is over. I uh, just want to talk about how we feel about they did this season. Jabari, I'll let you lead it off. What are your thoughts on the homily and the Huskies and how they finished? Well, coming into the season, the expectations were high, and we put a lot of pressure on Stan Bearwell and his team to come through and be one of the best based off personnel, and I think they did. Uh, This uh, team got into a position where they could have easily been in the Maple Bowl and finish in the top three, which we were expecting they did. Uh, Stan Bellwell, no question, was one of the best QBs in the league. Yeah. I think he finished uh, – we talked a lot about Stan. You know, a lot of people picked on, picked on him, said he was old, said he wasn't Maple League ready. This is the guy that finished number one in passing in the Maple League this year. Yeah. I mean, over 30 touchdowns, oh, one what number – the ninth quarterback ever in history to throw for over 3,000. And he led his team in the first year to an 8-4 record and only fell three points short. Three points short of being I mean, in the Maple Bowl. For him to have, have the responsibility that he's had, to be a coach, to be a quarterback, to be a coordinator, I think Stan probably did the best job he could have did and that most could have done with what he had and in the situation. The Huskies as a team, I think that they don't have anything to be have their heads down. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of people – expected them to be good but not this good I mean they came in and the Royals are a tough team this is the only team that has defeated the Roosters and you're telling me a team that has beat the Roosters by more than 14 points got away with a three-point win against the Huskies for the second time for the second time they're right there in the mix yeah so I mean if the Huskies want to hear how I feel about them I think that you guys did a great job on both sides of the ball and I still think that in the future this is a team we're gonna have to watch out for I think that uh, the Huskies show a lot of symbolism here between them and the Royals. I mean, a year ago, they were the Royals. Like in my in my personal opinion, 
this is what we were talking about with the Royals last year going to the playoffs, playing, going toe-to-toe against Sineyoki in the first time they played in the Maple League. And then you have them come back this year, and we say the difference is that experience that they have. Mm-hmm. Now, Huskies, you have that experience. Mm-hmm. As an organization, you guys know what it takes. And I know um, the running joke is you got a lot of imports, a lot of people who aren't even from Hamelina. I don't give one rat's bottom. Whatever. I won't curse. <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to say too much. But the the organization is still there behind them. The players, there are players there that have been with that organization since day one, and they see the transformation. You can see the difference between the team that won the Spaghetti Bowl last year and the team that went to the playoffs this year. Those guys, they know what it takes now. They played in this game. They know what it takes. And the Huskies, you guys play one hell of a season there was a time early in the season came out hot putting up a lot of points and then you you became normal the league settled down but that's the maple league that's not just that team that's the maple league everybody got accustomed to everybody and when it got tough the huskies didn't go away they kept fighting they found ways to win they found different ways to win throughout the season and you got to respect that so best the best thing i can say about the huskies is that it's glad it's a good thing. I'm glad to see you in the Maple League and we look forward to you being one of the best teams for years to come. Absolutely. So now we'll talk about the second game of the weekend. Portville Butchers lost to the Helsinki Roosters forty one to thirteen. I'll let you lead this one off, Jabari. I gotta say is I told you so on the last <laughs> podcast. And that's not that I have I, like I said, I love both of these teams. I think that the Butchers this year did a great job turning their program around. I mean, when you talk about a team that the last two seasons didn't make the playoffs and eventually at one point of the season were the number top two or three teams and, you know, kind of slacked at the end going into it. And I think that's maybe what hurt them is that drought at the end of the season just didn't carry enough momentum going into a game like this versus the Roosters. I mean, they came into this game with the loss, you know, in uh, Mm -hmm. their last game. But uh, let's talk about what the Butchers did and what they didn't do. My man Ricky Stevens, 13-41 loss. This guy still had 176 yards. Again, he only had one game this season. We had less than 100 yards rushing. He did his thing. Miko Seppinen stepped up. Your MVP candidate in this game. Play one. Play one. 75 yards from scrimmage. He outran them boys. Y'all don't sleep on Miko. He's fast. The boy can play. And these two guys, these two guys, as the as a receiver, uh, he's been what we expected him to be for that team as a receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a team that, you know, they faced a lot of adversity this season. I mean, you talk about two new quarterbacks, two new running backs, all in the middle of a playoff stretch. What possibly more could you expect for them? I mean, you're talking about two different styles of quarterbacks between Jordan Moore, Daniel Farley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about almost similar type of running backs between Ricky Stevens and the man we've talked about all year in Hall. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't enough. When we talk about the Porvoo defense, I think everybody was prepared for Brandon Connett's arm. But like we said, don't sleep on Jason Taylor. Don't sleep on Kari. How do I say his name? Paranen? I just call him Young Kari. Young Kari? He is. Young because Kari. those two dudes together, 
ate up the Butchers' defense, and that was the difference between this game. Uh, Brandon didn't have a hot game. Had a bad game, really. You know, this was probably one of the worst games he could have played. I mean, 38% completions, 157 yards, still put two two TDs in the air, but Jason Taylor, 14 attempts, 146 yards. 10 yards at, at carry? 10 yards Then you're carry. talking about Carr coming in with 12 attempts and 123? 10 Please. yards to carry as well. They <laughs> ran all over the Butchers' defense like they were playing against a Pop Warner team out there. Yeah. And that was the thing. Like, in the playoffs, you have to be able to run the ball. And because they were able to do that, they put a lot of pressure on the uh, Butchers' de- defense because they were working clock. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is another thing. Like, we knew the experience – of the Roosters and just having players to do it. Like, they didn't ask Bernard Luster and Timothy Thomas to come out and win the game. When they seen Brandon was a bit struggling and that the the Butchers' defense did put focus on stopping the passing game, they said, all right, here you go. Here you go. And Jason Taylor and Kari, they were out there like, keep those, <laughs> keep those. And that was just the story of the day. The Roosters, as an organization and as a team, they have so many weapons where when they need to find a solution, they can just turn to anybody and find it. And that's what I saw this game. I mean, Porvo had to come down here and play a hot Rooster team at home, and the Roosters refused to be roasted. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean – it's pretty much the same the same running theme with the Roosters we've been talking about all year. Earlier in the season, we're like, oh, man, look at the Roosters. They're passing the ball. Brandon Connett, he's the man. And then in the middle of the season, it's like, what? They just ran for 300 yards on somebody? And then later on, as the season progressed, we just kept saying, man, they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did against the Butchers, whatever they wanted. If they wanted to run, and they did, it worked out for them. I mean, we talked to a couple of their players. They didn't come into this game saying we're going to run the ball or we're going to pass. They said we're going to take what the Butchers give us. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the Butchers wanted to stop the pass. So they said, okay, we'll run it. We got two. We have two of the best running backs in the league on our team. Like not just two of the best in total. They're, our 1 and 1A one are two of the best running backs in the yeah, Maple League. Indeed. And you want to give them a chance to run the ball. So they did. And, I mean, in this game, this is what we expected to happen. We expected the Butchers to lose this game. We expected the Roosters to come out and play this way. So I won't harp on anything that they did bad or that they did good. What we expect is what happened. The Roosters are a champion caliber team, a championship caliber team, and the Butchers are a team that are finding their way back into the mix in the Maple Bowl, in the Maple League. And that's a good thing for them. They can't be upset about that. Absolutely. So we'll actually move on, and we'll have an interview by Jason Taylor. All right, I got with me. Running back from the Helsinki Roosters, Jason Taylor. What's going on, Jason? How you doing? All is well. All right, let's talk about the game this past weekend. You guys beat the Butchers, pretty much controlled the entire game. You personally had, what, 146 yards rushing, but as a team, you guys tallied 261. You and Yankari both had great games. You controlled the game through the ground. How are you guys so successful in the run game against such a tough butcher's defense. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked amazed about that too, but I think they were probably expecting more of the pass. They wasn't, you know, box heavy as they usually are with the blitzes and the, and everything like that. It seemed like they were more worried about us passing the ball. So, you know, me and Kari finally had the, you know, chance to get out there and run and make the best of it. So, it was 
it was pretty shocking that the butchers weren't blitzing and wasn't, you know, closer to the line for the run. But I guess our pass game made them back out the box. See, the pass always sets up the run, man. So last week here on AFF, I don't know if you heard the show, but we all pretty much said that as long as Jason Taylor gets the ball, everything's going to work out for the Roosters because you're the playmaker. Like, me, Jabari, Rojo, even other people I talked to, it all came down to, like, if you get the ball in the playoffs, you guys are going to be good. Well, y'all did that. Y'all definitely did that. Was there, like, any emphasis going into this game to make sure that you were involved in the offense? Because we know that you guys have a lot of weapons and sometimes you're not the main focus of the offense, but we felt that that would needed to happen in this game. Is that the way that you guys kind of game planned it? Honestly, no. Like um, <laughs> Miko said before that he was going to want to, you know, run the ball a lot more. But, you know, I think he kind of took that back and said he just wants to play our game, you know, and passing is our game and, you know, sprinkling in some run plays. But, I mean, with the butchers being so far out the box and all that stuff, we just, you know, it didn't make any sense to try to keep throwing the ball when we was getting six, seven, eight yards every run play. So, you know, it wasn't a game plan to run or, you know, anything like that. It was just we took what they gave us. Mm. All right. That makes sense. So next week, actually not this weekend, but the weekend after, you got to buy a week to get ready. You guys are going to be playing against the Wasser Royals in the Maple Bowl. Like, I'm not going to ask you a lot of questions because, you know, you just won a game and it's going to take a little time for you to prepare. But just a quick thought, what do you think will be, like, the biggest challenge for the Roosters offense heading into that matchup? Last, I mean, you can only go by the last time you played them. And the last time you played them, you know, their front four was pretty heavy. So, um I think the only problem we would have is their front four. And of course, you know, Chris is always there. <laughs> so that, that box is going to be, at least for the run game, you know, is always going to be a problem for us. Uh, as far as passing, you know, you just got to make the best of it and catch the ball. But their box is strong. So I think that would be the only focus for us to have to worry about. Okay. All right. That's all the questions I have for you today, Jason. Appreciate you talking to us and good luck to you guys in the Maple Bowl in two weeks. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. All right. So that's Jason Taylor. He's telling us a little bit about the game and what they're going to be getting ready for the Maple Bowl. Uh, last thing we'll do right here is we'll talk a little bit about the Butcher season. You know, they had a great season, came into the playoffs as a four seed, lost to the Roosters. But I'll lead it off actually talking about the Butchers. Very surprising season. I mean, I think that we had them picked for number four, right? Yeah. And the the most the most impressive thing you can say about the Porville Butchers is look at what they did and how they did it. They had three American imports. Now they of course they had to change the quarterback and running right. back in the middle <laughs> of the season, but never did they have more than three American imports and an entirely finished team mm -hmm. and i still say it to this day the porville butchers that team that organization that is what everyone in finland is striving to be a team that can put homegrown talent because a lot of those guys are from porvo mm -hmm. it's not a, a lot of just finished players playing for a good team they're from porvo they're playing for pride out there that's old school that's 
Jabari and and perfect perfect football in mm-hmm. America. That's football in America. That's how we grew up. You play for your hometown and you represent at all times, and you say we can go up against anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did this season. They went up against anybody, against all these other teams with at least. I don't think anyone else has less than four or five imports on the field at a time. That's true. And they went up against them every week, and they put up a great record, made it to the playoffs, and showed that with the guys they have, they deserve to be in the mix for the Maple Bowl every year. So with that, Butchers, hats off to you guys. I mean, you guys are my heroes. I'm not invested like Jabari and uh, Rojo are as being part of the organization, but I've always watched this team. I've always respected this team. And when I think about football in Finland, I think Porvo Butchers because you guys use domestic players, homegrown players, and you have them play at a very high and elite status. I mean, you even have guys who are playing in – in different leagues in Germany and Austria right now. I won't say their names because I can't say I don't really know them that well, but I know that they come from the Porvo Butchers family. Absolutely. So with that being said, keep up what you guys are doing. After this season, you can only get better. So we look forward to seeing you guys next season. What about you, Jabari? Man, it's so much, so much love that I have for this team. Um, just it's 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 when I think about their season, it's it's crazy because it reminds me of my first year. And the identity of the team, the offense, the personnel, and the result of the season was the same. I mean, we finished 500 my first year after the team had not been in the playoffs for two years. And we eventually fell short in the first round versus the Roosters. Uh, We had a running back that rushed for over almost 2,000 yards, 22 touchdowns, and was clearly one of the best running backs in the league. But the offensive line was as good as they were then as they are now. And the situation was the same. But I think that what's going to be good for this team is they have an identity of not who they are, but – they they understand themselves and that even just watching the fan base like the love and support in Porvu is like none other. Yes. Those guys walked off the field with their heads up high knowing that yeah, we played against the best, we lost, but we're back in the mix. That's yep. Um I looked at their coaching staff. They had an all-finished coaching staff of homegrown guys yep. that have put in the work to understand their personnel, understand their players, shout learn out, football. Shout out to uh, Yemi Royko. Yes. He's been coaching the U19 and the youth program down there. Now he's the head coach. A lot of those guys, he coached them when they were kids. Kids. So that's that chemistry. That's that, that longevity in the organization that you're looking for out here. Yep. Sorry, go ahead. No. And I think that the Porville Butchers are really – on their way back. Yeah. Um, it's of course it's gonna take some time because even big name players that we're talking about, Miko Seppin is still a young guy who was a few years ago one of those juniors. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about basing your future around an offensive line like that, young receivers that are emerging in the Maple League like that, and despite the injuries, if you can continue to get the personnel, this is gonna be a team that cannot go on, go out and compete. But what if they did start getting EU imports and things like that? This could have definitely been a team that if they were to say, okay, we're going to take a different direction and we're going to go out and get those elite EU players where we need them, this team could have easily been one of the top three teams. But based on this season, Porvo, you did a great job. You got a lot of people to believe in the team again. You got a lot of people to respect the team. So going into 2018, I would not be surprised if this team is back back at this point where they could contend for a title. 
All right, now we'll actually talk about the Maple Bowl preview. The um, Maple Bowl, baby. It, it's finally here. It's two weeks away. So this is going to kind of be like a teaser. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about it. Uh, we won't do our picks today because we'll, we'll leave that suspense for you guys. But it's going to be the Helsinki Roosters against the Wausau Royals. It's going to be at, what's it called now, the Telia 5G Arena. They changed it from Sonera. Mm-hmm. And that's money. That's how it go. <laughs> but uh, So the game is going to be in Helsinki. Uh, it's going to be on a Saturday. Well, I want to say Saturday evening around like 6.30, 5.30, 6.30, something like that. So first we'll just talk about our initial thoughts on the game me personally i think this is an awesome game um i'm not gonna tip my hat to who i think is gonna win or my prediction but i think that there's a ridiculous amount of star power in this game i mean before the season these were the two teams everybody was talking about you can off the top of your head name all the, the best players from both teams so like this is that game that this is what could bring like that that fan base to American football here because you got guys, you don't have just local guys or guys who've just done it in Finland. You got guys who've done it all around the world and they're all playing on this one stage. They're playing for the highest thing. There's a lot of different narratives. You got guys that played in Sinayoki and have been playing against the Roosters last two years and haven't won. Now they're back in it with a different team. Hmm. You got guys who've been MVP players in the Maple League but not in the Maple Bowl who are playing in this game. You got guys who were here last year in the playoffs but didn't make it to the Maple Bowl. And then, of course, the biggest the biggest narrative of the game is the Roosters are going for their sixth straight championship. They won five in a row, which can only be matched by themselves when they won like six in a row in like the 80s or 90s or something like that. So now they're going for six again, and it looks like they could get it. They could win it. It's very possible. It's not like it's a stretch. They didn't come in here as a four seed. They came in here as a team that hasn't lost a game or that actually has only lost one game. And then the only team that they lost to happens to be the team they're playing. Like, it's just too much for me. I can't I can't <laughs> settle down. There's too, mu- there's too many things about this game that have me excited. Like, I'm not even going to say anymore. I'm going to leave it at that. Jabari, what do you think about the game? I agree with you, man. Like, it's you're looking at this team who has all-star quarterbacks. All-star receivers, all-star defenses, tons of veterans on both sides of the ball, almost personnel-wise evenly matched. Both of their names begin with an R. Like I said, this is the battle of the R in Finland. And you got to think, it's it's a game that I think a lot of people want to see. I mean, I've played against most of the guys in this game, and i played with some of the guys in this game. And I can tell you a lot of guys on that Vossa defense has bad blood for the Roosters, being the fact that think about guys like Justin Solitaire, R.J. Long, Spencer Cutlin. This is the team for the last three years that has been standing in their way of glory. Mm-hmm. They've been players that have been knocking on the door. And this has been the team. And the crazy part about it is, For the Roosters, Bernard Luster, Jason Taylor, these are guys that have been the guys that have denied these guys of a ring. So you have to understand the magnitude, the rivalry that's involved in this game. I mean, it's crazy, but the funny thing about the Royals is they went out and got the guys – that stopped them from getting to this point, and they're now on on board. So – I can't tell you what they expect from this game. I mean, it's the championship game, and you have a ton of guys that have been here before. So it won't be the fact of experience versus none experience. You got guys like Justin Solitaire that have been here now for the third time straight, and he knows that 
the pressure's on him to come through. Now, I don't think that the pressure is all on Justin because it's a team game, but I understand I know that he understands that this is my moment to silence everybody. This is his legacy. For and even for Brandon. Brandon was the MVP in the GFL, but did not win the championship. Mm-hmm. This is both these are two quarterbacks that have been knocking on the door but have been denied of that. So you have to understand everybody that's playing in this game is playing for something. For guys like Bernard Luster, Jason Taylor, and Curtis Slater, even though they've won it, this is their chance to capture three straight. Two straight glory is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The Roosters have an opportunity to do something that teams haven't done in a while, which is to win six straight. Now five, Gosh. it's been done before. Yeah, in the, Finland, them and the Butchers have done it before. But six, mm. that's gonna set them not only to an elite level in Europe, but in Finnish history. And I think that they know what they're playing for, but also the Vasa Royals know what they can be playing for, which is the Kryptonite. To the Helsinki Roosters. So I think that a lot of people want to see this game. I think that a lot of people should be to see this game. And I wish Rutu would allow a lot of people outside of Finland to see this game. <laughs> well, technically they can. You you can still buy a subscription outside of <laughs> Finland. But you still got to pay for that subscription. There ain't no pay-per-view. I wonder if you could just pay for the game and not the whole monthly package. Only can buy a subscription. I Man. Mean, it means like 15 euros. And I'm thinking it. that the weather just may be nice for this. And I know last year, man, it was it was a downpour. And, I, and as Robert would say, I hope it don't rain because just get it throwing the rain. <laughs> I would love to be able to see these guys go out clear weather, beautiful stadium, and just go out and lay it all on the line. I mean, winter is coming, so it, it probably won't be hot. So the Finnish guys won't have any excuses about, well, we're not used to the hot, hot. weather. <laughs> but it won't be necessarily cold, so none of the imports can say, oh, it's too cold. Mm-hmm. Should be good football weather coming up. Um, we were going to try to get into this a little bit. We only have a few minutes left. Uh, we were going to just talk about the different keys in this game for these teams to win. Uh, Jabari, what are a few keys for you for what the Roosters could do to win? Uh, I think that uh, it's a few keys, but primarily what we've seen, get Jason Taylor involved. I mean, obviously, this guy, his last three years in the league, he's always been the hot hand. I mean, I think he's been the Maple League MVP uh, he's been the MVP once, but he's been the championship MVP twice yeah, in so. a row. So this is a guy that you want to make sure you get involved. Uh, number two, as we talk about, put pressure on Justin. Force Justin to not play in his comfort zone. And this Robert would say, force him to read. <laughs> and number three, just make plays. Do what you do. Uh, Brandon, he didn't have a great game last week, but this is a guy that knows how to bounce back. Allow him to just be a leader out there. Don't do anything special. You know what the Royals want to do. You know what they're about. They know what you're about. Just say that we're the Roosters. We know what to do. We've been here five times before now. (laughs) We can get it done. All right, well, I'll talk about the Royals because, again, we're running out of time today. We've been talking. We had a good time today. (laughs) But uh, for the Royals, the, the first thing they need to do is stop the run. Mm -hmm. They need to make sure that if Jason Taylor is involved in this game, it's as a pass catcher, not as a runner. Because you do not want to deal with the two-headed monster of Jason Taylor. And then let's bring in this young guy, young Kari, Mm. who will beat you up the same way, if not more, because he's younger. I mean, Jason is almost – he just turned 30. 30, Y'all see it on Facebook, (laughs) on the – whatever the word is in Finnish. But – you got to stop the run. The Royals have to stop the run. They have to make 
the Roosters a passing team. You have to make them one-dimensional. That's the only way to stop this team. The second thing they got to do is on on the offensive side of the ball, the Royals have to stay ahead of the chains. Mm-hmm. They don't want to get into third and long situations. And that's because Sadler is known. He's known for this, that, hey, it's not there. I'm going to throw it up. <laughs> I am going to throw it up and give my receivers a chance to make a play. The only problem with that is the Roosters' defense, the, that defensive backfield, they catch like receivers, man. They do. I was just watching them in practice the other day, and – I couldn't tell who's on offense, who's on defense when the ball go up. And Curtis Slater is not afraid to not hit you and just take the ball out of the air. I mean, last game, two interceptions. One for every six. Every period of game. Big six. You got the Royals, they have to stay they have to keep the game manageable for their offense so that they don't get in situations where they, they can lose it. Because like you said, the Roosters are gonna make big plays. They're gonna try to make big plays. The for the Royals, if they keep it manageable, where they can't be predicted that hey, it's third and long, Sotelier is gonna fake a handoff, back up, and then throw it up to RJ Long. They can keep it out of those situations where they know it's gonna happen. They'll be okay. Now, the last thing that the Royals must do if they want to win this game, and I believe that they have a chance to do this, is they can't waste opportunities. Mm-hmm. They can't get to third and three and not convert. Mm. They can't get in the red zone and not score. I know Spencer Cudlin has a great leg. We love that they beat the Huskies by three. That is not going to work against the Roosters. No, nope. You need touchdowns. The Roosters have a, a bend-but-don't-break defense. They'll let you get in the red zone then stop you. Make you turn it over. Uh, Slater will get an interception in the red zone or someone else in the backfield will. So what they have to do is take advantage of these opportunities and make sure that when you have a chance to score, score. You better do it. When you have a chance to make them fumble or miss the ball, do it. You can't waste these opportunities. Now, that's what we're thinking about the Roosters and the Royals in this game. We were going to do predictions, but here on AFF, we do what we want. Hmm. So, this week, we're not doing predictions. We'll have predictions of this game next week, and we'll tell you who we think is going to win and why. We'll be back next week with interviews from players and coaches playing in the Maple Bowl, as well as more analysis of the matchup, including our picks. So make sure to tune in. This weekend is the Division One Championship here in Finland called the Spaghetti Bowl. So later today, actually... Um, AFF will have guest hosts to discuss the Spaghetti Bowl matchup. We'll have a little special show for you guys. So that's that's it for us this week on American Football in Finland. I'm Perfect Purvis with my co-host Jabari Harris. Thanks for having me on the show again. Looking forward to next week. And we'll see you next week. American Football in Finland. Americans talking football every week. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on the Podbean app. Subscribe now on iTunes. Go to perfectpurvis.com forward slash AFF. American football in Finland. Football. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.